Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is September 29th. And we have some special guests. We have Magnus and uh, you have to tell me if I'm saying this right. Zomnia, uh, Exomnia. <laughs> Zero Exomnia. Zero Exomnia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they're from Protector Protocol, aka Czar. And they're here to talk about NFTs, but we got some breaking news before that. Boys, we got them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh That's man. So yeah, literally only just found out about what 30 seconds ago. Yeah. So we Magnus was thankful enough to share that uh Shizu was rolled up in Singapore for trying to leave the country. And uh this was reported by uh DB10K. And uh he, apparently he's been sentenced to four months imprisonment by a Singapore court. And I think this is what people had been looking for for quite a while now. So the world is fixing itself. Yeah, right. Uh, Nature's healing. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Yeah. So good news on that front to see people getting arrested. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, just like Kyle and a few other people in Dubai are, are left. So apparently, Suju was trying to leave the Singaporean airport and he was apprehended at, uh, at Changi Airport while trying to leave. And Jeez. yeah, <laughs> use the wrong passport. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> All right. I wonder where you get sent off first, right? Like maybe back to the States if he's lucky. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. But nobody at prison in the States is smart or dumb. Yeah. Prison in the States is not where you want to go. Some like super max bang you in the ass federal prison. <laughs> No, right. They're holding him for three months. They can uh, they can decide where to send him off, right? So I know. Yeah. yeah. I see. I got here right, right on time. I see. I got here right. right yes, on time. sir. Welcome. GM. GM. Talking, talking about maximum security uh, prisons and stuff. Okay. Conversation is already flowing. Not great. Not great. So we'll come back once we have more information about uh suju we'll be covering this obviously probably over the next few days once more information released but let's get back to the topic again and that's uh protector protocol so uh thanks guys for being here today and maybe you can tell us a little bit about it and we can dive into it a bit more uh you want to take this one chris yeah, just we'll start off from the top. Basically, I guess you could say at the most basic level of what protector it is, right? Like we've for quite some time been talking about, you know, ever since I guess you could say releasing, you know, from stealth uh, protector being what we consider to be the liquidity layer for NFTs, right? Mm -hmm. um, so not just NFT finance, which is where you could say we originated, but for NFTs as a whole, right? And we've kind of showed that with the release of Czar uh, now. You know, people may wonder why the hell Czar, right? We we wanted a short name that was punchy and not abbreviated like uh, OpenSea for OS or uh, Luxware for LR. Um, and obviously not incorporating NFT in the name. So Czar is basically short for Bazaar or Grand Marketplace. So I guess that's now the lore released behind the name. But basically it's, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Unibot. You could think of Unibot for NFTs. Um, and you could think of like pretty much, I guess you could say juiced version of that because you may with typical like shitcoin trading bots, like you may typically just access like one marketplace or I'm sorry, one DEX for that matter. Um, and with 
Czar, we have over 150 liquidity sources that are aggregated. And this is all powered by Reservoir, which mm -hmm. works with everything from Blur to OpenSea, Luxray, X2Y2, yeah, A et lot of EVM stuff, uh, chain, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and this allows us to be extremely flexible with where we can even deploy Czar, right? So it doesn't even just have to live on ETH mainnet. It can live anywhere pretty much that uh, Reservoir supports. And there's a lot of really exciting stuff we have down the line. So Alpha to be released maybe later in this uh, chat. But um, not to be the alpha teaser, but the whole point is like we will move away from aggregation as it exists now and actually, you know, move into everything and, and all the yield, if you will, existing within that system mm -hmm. of Czar on TG. So, I, so the, the trading bot is on Telegram right now, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's cool. So we like myself and then our guest yesterday, Matthew Land, we talked at length about kind of the impact that Telegram's having and how it's really like driving the new meta narrative with mm -hmm. release of like Unibot, Banana Gun and all these other different Telegram bots. And uh, we were kind of getting into it where, you know, Telegram already has like 700 million daily active users. So it's like easy yeah, to yeah. onboard people like building bots in Telegram is become like easier, I guess, like mm -hmm. these kind of bots, like, or maybe the crypto community just wasn't doing it right. Like no, people didn't have the the idea like a year ago because there there were bots. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I just don't just think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> they were yeah. trash. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So like moving towards a like mobile first product is better for the space in the long run, because that was like the big UX question that people always had was that like using a desktop based UI with a external hardware wallet kind of sucks. Like it's hard to use. Yeah. It's, it's, it's clunky. clunky. Yeah. yeah. It's awkward. Hold yeah. On. Uh, but, but like using mobile, it's like fast. Sure. There's some security trade-offs, but it's fast. It feels great. And, you know, I think there's like some elements of self custody that are like natural to the crypto ecosystem. And so sure. Yeah. Like you probably don't want to have a hundred ETH of, of like yeah, assets keys. <laughs> yeah, like assets <laughs> sitting on your phone somewhere without a multi-sig. But I don't know, maybe somebody will do that if they're like degenerate enough to to do that sort of trading. Yeah. Yeah. Um because yeah. some of those security elements as well, like we definitely considered. Um it's just kind of um we just feel it's a natural step um mm -hmm. in the right direction to try and simplify things. Um because with Protector we actually had a bunch of um I guess to put it like the TLDR behind it all, it was like yearn for NFTs, um, you know, for the users that have a lot of idle inventory, you can, you know, set it into the protocol and forget it to a degree and then have it generate some yield for you. Um, mm. But then actually what actually sort of pushed us to explore and take this route um, was actually the fact that like um, we saw JPEG, you know, with the exploit, Obviously, it wasn't their fault. It mm -hmm. sort of came down to that compiler issue that happened with Viper and everything as well. So that was like a bit of a thing where I guess a lot of people didn't really expect that. And it was an outlier for sure. Um, but it kind of like make, made us take a step back, like I was saying. And then um, we thought to ourselves, like, what can we actually build that could be helpful to actually simplify this entire process uh, for, you know, new users and participants? And um, that's effectively what we came up with. So, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so it's not just a wallet, right? Like, it's not just a, a wallet that you can, like, trade to and from on Telegram. There's, it's more than that. Think effectively. Of, like, sorry, go, go. go centralized Chris. exchange, like, like a very basic centralized exchange type of experience uh, 
that's still non-custodial, but for NFTs, right? And like mm-hmm. regarding your last point with uh, security-related stuff on Telegram, so kind of akin to like a centralized exchange experience, we've actually create like allowed for users to optionally opt into uh, creating an alphanumeric password that mm-hmm. basically doesn't conduct any on-chain action without them entering it. So this is one way that we actually help achieve like a different level of security. And we've kind of set that new standard instead of like basically storing private keys elsewhere, even if it's not on top of Telegram, like on some other cloud uh, platform or something like that. Like the idea for us was kind of to bring the, I guess you could say the self-custodial nature of the, the crypto space that we all know and love back to that Telegram experience where at the end of the day, it's not like Magnus, myself or anybody that basically you know, contributes to the protocol is able to execute anything on behalf of anybody's, uh, you know, account. Right. Yeah. So well, can we, can we talk about that? So like, I, I know you guys are using centralized exchange, but when I hear that, I hear like KYC and <laughs> I don't know, I don't actually hold the assets and uh, you know, my assets become like a liability. So like, I don't think you guys are saying that, right. It's yeah, saying no, that, more no. that it's, it's a, uh, it's more like, the seamless nature and process that we're intending to provide much like what a centralized exchange provides as well um Mm -hmm. but we definitely don't want to be too like associating that too closely with this particular product in that sense for sure Uh, but we want to actually provide more of a seamless process i guess it's kind of like you know how you said before 800 million users or whatever kind of like a super app Mm-hmm. And it can all encompassing. I guess the closest thing you kind of related to is like WeChat or something, um, but not in China or Asia for that matter. But you know, you can yeah. do many different things with it, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you guys are building on top of Reservoir, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Reservoir is a NFT trading infrastructure. Just provides like APIs and other uh, like products, SDKs that, that that essentially like aggregate all these NFTs across. Uh, Correct. Yeah, the, the different exchanges. And then uh, the Telegram product has has used that to bring the like UI functionality into into Telegram, which I think is pretty it's pretty interesting, right? Like, you know, I, I've I've thought a lot that that like the NFT space needs to move into Telegram somehow. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like why have to go back and forth between like different apps when you should be able to mm-hmm. like hold those NFTs inside your Telegram app. Like show them, share them if you want, and then uh, trade them uh, with other people if you need to. For those that haven't traded on Zar yet, you know, Magnus and I, we consider ourselves power traders in the sense that we've traded with pretty much every relevant marketplace that there is for NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. And there is literally no experience out there right now to buy NFTs. It doesn't matter like how fast or you know how analytical a marketplace seems like there is nothing that compares to the speed of trading on czar mm-hmm. right outside of being like a i guess you could say a technical phenom and basically creating your own boss that trade on your behalf there is nothing like it like there's nothing that requires you to actually access a device and physically you know command or or like do something on chain where you're using your own two eyes you're using your hands somehow whether it's like using a mouse on a desktop or using your fingers on your phone, right? There's nothing that compares to it when it comes to trading an actual NFT, like buying something like it's, it's ridiculous how fast it is. 
you skip the process of like having to approve and then purchase something. And then we just, in the, in the UI itself, we actually allow users to confirm uh, a transaction before actually committing it on chain. Mm -hmm. Um, so this gives them that, that extra feeling of security. We allow them to browse floors as well. So they could see the visceral and kind of like, of course, visual, uh, component of like trading NFTs, which we all know and love, right? Like everyone loves to browse the floor real quick before they buy, but sometimes you want to just ape the floor really quick and you don't really care what you end up with, right? NFTs are becoming a little bit more fungible. I know it's an oxymoron, but in that sense, that's, you know, the thing that is making them that, right? So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So what I so when I come to the Telegram bot, I just start it, and then it creates a, a wallet for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that creates a wallet for you, allows yeah, you, you can to select to have the yeah. You can uh, opt to actually provide your own like uh, alphanumeric password, and that provides you an extra layer of encryption. Um, yeah. What we do plan to do some as well, don't. yeah, some people don't, of course. But what we want to try and do is like uh, down the line as well, just to increase that level of security. Uh, mm-hmm. before any trade goes through, you'd have to enter that same password again. So whether or not some people want it, that's up to them. I guess it's like an added like uh, sanity check, if anything. So um, yeah, and then generate it. And then you can literally just start like swinging NFTs direct from that wallet. Obviously, you need to deposit funds as well before you do that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So wait, what do you guys use in the back end for the wallet creation? Um like what sort of service are you guys using? Is it in-house or uh, like built in? Yeah, it's all in-house. It just, it's basically generating a wallet on behalf like of the user as soon as they register. Or I guess you could say start because it's not really a registration process with like an email, phone mm-hmm. number. It's not like that. It's still like a very on-chain native experience. So it just creates a wallet for them on ETH mainnet and basically allows them to start, like Magnus said, like slinging NFTs right there. And then, yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, and maybe we can bring it up actually. Let me see if I can get tele- what's the uh what's the telegram name? So it's called Czar Trading Bot. Z-A-A-R and then trading bot. I found it here. <laughs> yeah, one thing that we have that we're currently still like refining is the um chat GPT element. So normally yeah. people, you know, you gotta um paste in the contract address, um, you know, click through all the buttons and everything. Just mm-hmm. to make it more seamless, the idea is say, you know, um, it's not ready like this, but the intention is kind of like, you know, let's just say like uh, the llama's PFP or something like that. You'd be like, I, I want to buy a llama NFT. And then you can even search up the rarity. You can search up search up certain traits. Um, and then it makes it a lot easier. So like, you know, maybe bring up the top 10% in terms of rarity or something like that as well. So yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of takes the <laughs> yeah. uh, complexity out of it for the end user. It's pretty yeah. cool. There's a AI powered search basically as well. So if you're saying like, like what we're working on right now is kind of increasing the functionality there. So we'll allow people to basically conduct uh, their own calculations like within the app as well, where people could basically say like, if you know this collection rises by X percent, like what would my bag be worth? You know. So, yeah, like basically it's going to be extremely powerful and extremely user intuitive as opposed to like having to know exactly what to do uh, whenever you're conducting any sort of action when it comes to trading NFTs. You know, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a framework and a box so that people operate within. 
and with czar we basically wanted to open the box and create a new paradigm entirely for you know interacting with nfts cool this is nice it's quick as well too super yeah. fast right like we actually you know it, it's not something that i can't say like it's not what we weren't expecting but it's you know like with Sepolia, we had we basically opened a week prior to private testers, right? Mm -hmm. And then the night before the public launch, we we launched on mainnet. Um, and we noticed it was way more clunky on testnet. And we expected it to be a little bit slower on mainnet, but it's been performing like way beyond our expectations from a speed perspective and and like a crispiness, I guess you could say, in terms of like, you know, you could see how the NFTs are just popping up, right? Like there's like almost zero lag. Um, and to see that is just super incredible. That's cool. So is this the first Telegram bot that you guys built or were you building them before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah first no, no, one. This is the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's pretty cool. Uh, so this looks to be pretty nice. I mean, what do you guys have more features that are coming soon? Uh, what's on yeah, the product so roadmap? It's it's going to be really interesting what comes next. Right? Like, So we're thinking of basically uh, creating things like limit orders. Um, we... And this is where I mentioned earlier, we could potentially, you know, drop the the alpha hammer. But basically, uh, you know, as of right now, it's effectively an aggregator, right? And mm -hmm. if you look at it's like OpenSea Pro, they have OpenSea, which is their own order book that they generate, you know, revenue on. Um, and that's obviously the next most logical step for Czar, right? Um, if we're flipping the entire NFT trading experience on its head, we effectively don't believe that we should be routing... Uh, liquidity to all these other marketplaces as well if we can do it better mm -hmm. uh, and we obviously believe we can right magnus and myself personally have seen across a number of different aggregators like everyone's favorites you could you, let's just say that um there's been like price discrepancies that don't truly exist and the problem is like most people are that are trading nfts are doing so with their own two eyes and if they see something that's undesirable you know it very well kind of you could say like deflects them from that trading experience as a whole and kind of makes them you know leaves them with a sour taste in their mouth so with czar as you can see everything is like super accurate and extremely like intuitive so the next step for us is basically to build our own order book uh where people will be able to interact with czar's marketplace directly and this is our way of basically capturing market share from the likes of like blur OpenSea, etc um so yeah that's i guess you could say one of the biggest next steps for us outside of things like limit orders as well, which can't really do in any other marketplace besides submitting like stink bids. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like and, we'll have all the sweeping yeah. functions. Um, mm -hmm. And like uh, one of the guys that had commented um, exit liquidity uh, with a mint function, like we have considered even talking to like collections and having it like as a launch pad as well. So it's just more about like getting this proof of concept out um, you know, reiterating, constantly improving it, giving it more functionality. And that's definitely something that we want to try and do. So I guess yeah. in a sense, it's like having our own marketplace, but like, this is just the, this is just the earliest phases for like Zah. Did you guys uh, say that you were going to be adding in other network support other than ETH? Or I'm guessing most of the NFT trading actually takes place on ETH and I don't know how much it takes place off. Yeah, the vast majority for sure. Yeah, yeah vast majority. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, <laughs> but we can there definitely... has been a lot of interest. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sure that'll come around soon. There must be something. There must be some NFT collections that are trading somewhere. That... Yeah. Polygon, AVAX. Um, yeah. 
what else? But it's they, simple. They I mean, like for, but for trading yeah. in like, immediate, like I think the thing that I'd like to see is like more sharing functionality uh, inside of inside of the app. Just like, you know, Telegram is all about sharing and to be able to like immediately send it to a group or have a, uh, a link that I can share to somebody uh, just to like show it off. Yeah, for uh, clout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it would be interesting. Like more like, you know, you already have that ability to be in Telegram and to like immediately send something without having to copy and paste. So, yep. um, yeah, that's like just bought an NFT or something. That's fucking yeah. huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got the stories function thing. So why not? Every time you finish a trade, <laughs> you can post it straight to your story or something. I'm sure we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, exactly. uh, we send a GIF every time it's like a transaction successful or mm -hmm. transaction complete GIF every single time you complete a trade. So like anytime it goes through, you also have this visual experience. It's like, yes, like, you know, secured the bag, you know, <laughs> um, as opposed to you, like you have this massive interface that's showing you the depth of floor that's showing you how many bids there are, the names of people bidding, the addresses, et cetera. And then like on the top right of the screen, it's like transaction complete, you know, <laughs> you know? So with Telegram, we took the opportunity to basically, you know, put it in your face that, you know, good, good job. You know, like you made a trade. Yeah. Trades complete. Yeah. 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 Well, it's cool. Are you guys um, uh, like, what do you guys think about like the broader market at the moment for NFTs? Like volumes are still down, but there are still yeah. some big mints that have happened. Uh, you know, people are still selling different art. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's not like There's it's still some bad. pretty big pieces getting exchanged from time to time as well. Yeah. And yeah. Like just certain people like at token 2049, I was talking to, um, you know, still very much like, aware that the market is not the greatest for nfts but like you know for my time while i was there one thing that i took away from um singapore um i was able to basically center my entire week just with nft focused events i feel like i couldn't do that unless in like you know say last year or the you, you know um unless i went to an nft specific um conference so mm -hmm. i kind of felt like That's that huge. was a, a pretty big signal in itself and um, kind of just being able to see like certain brands, like say Pudgies and all that, even Yuga or Pudgies, you know, launching that Walmart thing. And then like Yuga, like they got the, they definitely got the bank account to do a lot of different things, but like they're partnering up with Bape or whatever as well. So it's nice to see like different things yeah. happening in the background. Like if it was dead, nobody would be here still. That's basically the, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> the, that's one of the, the basis. <laughs> That's, I guess you could say that's like a foundational bull case. And then, you know, obviously there's there's a case for the bear side of it as well, like volumes being super down. And, you know, like you have a lot of faces in the NFT space uh, that, you know, basically talk about, oh, volumes making new all-time low since January 1st of 2001. You know, like, yeah, like everybody's going to make some sort of like bearish comment. And at the end of the day, like for us, like we have to look at it from a, from a different place, right? Like, um, at Protect Labs, which is basically what incubated Protectorate Protocol and now Czar, mm -hmm. um, we're basically like a research-driven algorithmic liquidity provider for NFTs. Right? Oh, if you think of like, I guess you could say, think of like a market maker, right? In like fungible token space or even in traditional finance, but for NFTs, right? And like we've, earlier this year, we closed out a $1.5 million seed round. And like while we were raising, which started in summer of last year, which was fantastic timing, by the way, because it was three three months after the implosion of Luna, uh, three months before the implosion of FTX and the contagion that followed afterwards, 
um, the hell was it? Uh, Grayscale and pretty much every other relevant name, Celsius. I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Celsius to USDC. I mean, like there was like everything. Yeah, multiple that, things that happened from the point we started raising to uh, the point we closed that around. And um, the point is, like we've we've learned to kind of look at the market from a very different place than like the typical trader or the typical speculator or. or I guess you could say a third category would be the enjoyers. Um, and, you know, the, the idea ultimately for us is that, yes, NFT volumes may be down, but at the same time, collections aren't being made as often as they were, uh, you know, I guess you could say even a year ago, right? Yeah. Like in general, artists have t- kind of taken the, you know, artists and, and what's interesting about the NFT space that's very different than the fungible token space is that it's extremely <laughs> emotional, right? And as a whole, artists kind of respond to their community. So if the bear sentiment kind of like, you know, I guess you could say infects a certain community, the artists may feel that way. Uh, therefore, you'll see like less artists coming out and making art, or you'll see like less collections uh, seeing a reason to make anything when they don't think they'll get as much as they could have, right? So it's kind of, it's one of the, the spoiled generations in a way of like the NFT market that the fungible token market is very used to having seen multiple cycles. If you think about it, this is the first time NFTs have seen a real cycle. Yeah. And even in that time frame, they've been able to garner so much more mainstream attention than even DeFi ever has. And DeFi showed its ability to run up to a multi-hundred billion dollar market cap, right? And yeah. now you have NFTs that have traded like 40 plus billion dollars with the vast majority of that happening in the last three years. Factor out all the wash volume from Ethereum minute, you're still left with over $10 billion. Like We're, we're talking like an $11 billion asset class that did not have an official or professional liquidity provider until Protect Labs existed, right? Um, mm-hmm. And until you started incentivizing people on Blur, which burned 45,000 ETH. You know, so yeah. <laughs> this uh, is we, one way that we look at it. Can we talk about Blur? Because uh, Blur has done two seasons now, or three seasons? of uh, Season two, underway still. Yeah, season, yeah, season two, two under, yeah. Really, yeah. Uh, yeah. Burned a lot of ETH. Uh, the floors are down a ton, but Blur traders probably made a decent amount of money if they're continuing to provide liquidity. Uh, And the, I guess the, there's been a, I would see it as two parts, right? So Blur essentially like commodified the NFT space into this uh, hyper trading environment. Uh, And then that's for like the bigger 10,000 or one of X collections, collections that you can find, right? Uh, so those have taken a big hit. I still see a lot of demand for like gen art, like yeah, the yeah. one-on-ones. One-on-one yeah. scene is still pretty popping off uh, yeah. very well. And Doodles, Fidenzas kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some of the some of the, like smaller like niche art collections, uh, obviously taking a hit, still down, but uh, there still is a lot of demand and liquidity for that. Uh, unlike some of these other like 10K PFP collections, which have really just t- suffered. Uh, yeah. 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 And you know maybe that's maybe that's what leads in. I don't know how many more 10,000 10, PFP collections you can you can fit into the market. Uh, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that meta is probably over. The Gen art meta like is is going to continue on, right? Because like art, like real art that is backed by like artists who are like long term in the space uh, will continue to uh, like always have a, a a demand for it. Uh, yep. We just had a couple of, of launches this week. I saw notably, I don't know if you guys saw this one called like Beef Brothcos. Did you see this yeah, one? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, so this one did about 300 ETH worth of uh, 
of volume yesterday. I thought it was really interesting. I'll, I'll bring it up because uh, yeah, yeah, it was like dominating my <laughs> dominating my timeline. Did you see the artist's uh, response to Blur? Oh, what did what did Blur do? <laughs> you have to go on the artist's uh, page. It's like a a, D, a screenshot of a DM. It's uh, here. Here, I got it right oh, here. Awesome. So it's, so it's, it's uh, so funny. It's like die with his the artist's name die with the most likes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, or like codes we're back. And uh, the guy's been making some really interesting art for a long time. He's got a couple of uh oh wait, that's the wrong window. Let me pull up the right one. Um Blur basically reached out to him and was like, yo, uh who, uh, who, uh, oh, no, what was it? It was it, Blur reached out to him and said, Yo, we realize the collection is not tradable on Blur yet. Like, why is that? And he was like, He said something like hilarious, like, I'd rather be like lubed up, I, I'd rather not be lubed up and like fed to the dogs, basically. It doesn't say that, but it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, you'll see it somewhere here. But it is honestly one of the most like. It was one of the only times, like in the last week, I'd say that I like actually like lulled something <laughs> on Twitter. So, there it is, that. right there. Yeah, GM, we noticed your collection isn't tradable on Blur. It's currently tradable on OpenSea without royalties. And he's like, uh, <laughs> "Let me see if I can read this without getting uh, banned from Shadow Band." Yeah. yeah, exactly. Shaking and shedding right now at the prospect of getting uh, labed up and passed around like a Costco <laughs> rotisserie chicken. In the cash for gold marketplace built on the dying dreams of artists. Every meat market is unbearable. It's just a matter of finding a butcher with some discernible, albeit dwindling morsel of humanity remaining. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember that one, that's for sure. But it, it definitely yeah, a, had a lasting impression. Yeah. If anybody's wondering what these look like, it's it's uh it's a uh, variation on on the Rothko's by <laughs> I think he's using like barbecue sauce. I don't even know what he's using. It could be oh unknown substances. <laughs> Whatever it is, exactly. it's a very unique taste. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, that's one take, right? Like a lot of people will argue, yeah, Blur killed the market. Some people would argue Blur saved the market. Our job is not really to worry about what it did, right? Or take a side or like act as another island to pledge mm -hmm. allegiance to. Um, our job is just simply just to make the nft trading experience simple for users uh and when it comes to like a royalty policy it's not difficult at all since we aggregate right now we are uh basically <clears throat> we're basically adhering or any trader i guess you could say that's using czar as a router is adhering to the royalty policy of whatever marketplace they trade from and they don't know which one that is right so like they're just like what we're communicating as czar is at the end of the day, we support royalty enforcing marketplaces, but we also support other marketplaces that may offer users or collectors like better liquidity as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, both that are supported in a sense, because we believe that there's a market for both. Um, and it's just a matter of like, now the market will decide where it provides uh, the most liquidity to or where it like to trade the most, right? If there's better liquidity on marketplaces that enforce royalties, then lo and behold, there's going to be more trading volume routed through Czar that's royalty enforced because um, the market is signaling or aligning with supporting greater royalties. And so will be the, the vice versa, basically. Um, so 
on Zar, if you're trading, you're basically like wherever you're sourcing liquidity from, you're going to adhere to that marketplace's royalty policy. So if it's Blur, it'll be on Blur's royalty policy. If it's OpenSea, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's our take, right? Um, a lot of most, in terms of like a Blur itself, most traders have been unprofitable. Um, obviously, farming season two, and you know, it, yeah. it's those that are a deep story. in it kind of have to stick with it. Unfortunately, exactly. <laughs> Waiting yeah. for that uh, ever elusive. We know all too well. Yeah. DeFi, tried, right? yeah. Like if you you can you can farm something long enough, and in NFT space, I, I guess Blur just got lucky enough to kind of tap an uneducated crowd from a mm. from a farming perspective. So some could call it like a giga brain move or like a lucky move. Who knows? Uh, but the reality is it's left like a lot of people like with sour tastes about NFTs and trading NFTs as a whole. And our goal is overall not to just hyper commodity. Like Blur didn't Blur didn't change the retail NFT landscape, right? I mean they're they were specifically targeting like large scale pro traders, yeah. Pro traders who yeah. wanted a pro mm-hmm. interface and didn't want yeah. to get at pretty pictures all day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that Blur is wrong in what they did. I mean, the no, liquidity, no, the, like, <clears throat> if if you have an illiquid market and you can't sell, but things are still priced high, like it's not, you don't have a real market. Like all no. Blur did was come in and provide liquidity, and the market reacted as such. So the yep. the prices adjusted accordingly. The you know they're they're down as they should be, and like even without Blur, I mean, prices would have dropped to where yeah, they are I now. Feel yeah, like they, uh, they accelerated it, if anything, just yep. to catch up with the general market as well um and yeah sure sure but i i don't but i don't know if they accelerated i think it's just like liquidity liquidity begets price discovery Mm -hmm. and and when you when you have like an increase of liquidity provided by this like point system which even deepens liquidity more you know a lot of people in this market uh, don't want to hold illiquid assets they want to get into something more liquid and uh you know having the ability to move out through blur is like pretty good, event. pretty good. Yeah, look, look, they made this it may easier. be a hot take, but I think Blur is still extremely successful at what they did because the best liquidity is on Blur right now. Is mm-hmm. it thin as fuck? Yeah, it is. But the point is, they actually did something really well with that. Number one, we're talking about it, so they've done something right. Number two, the reality is most liquidity lives on Blur right now, and the reality is, could it be because of the the UX? Sure, but it also for the most part is because people are betting that the token is worth something. Whether it is or isn't, that's a totally different conversation for a totally different time. But the point is, they've done something right, and for yeah. us, like that excites us. And for us, ultimately, uh, what we would like to do, and like one thing that we've kicked off with Czar, is an incentive program as well. That I guess right now you can value at like over the coming year around nine hundred sixty thousand dollars for traders on Czar. Um, we've kind of like flipped incentives as well for trading NFTs on its head, right? So instead of just wash trading and, and getting you know, money for wash trading and, and kind of incentivizing like mercenary like behavior, which I would say is the only thing wrong with what was done. Um, wrong because like it's pissed off a lot of people and obviously you don't make friends doing that. Um, is just the way and the nature that the incentives are distributed. What we've done with our token, that's uh, PRTC, is we've created a variation or an incentive form of the token called OPRTC. And OPRTC basically just stands for call option PRTC. So instead of just emitting naked tokens to everybody that just trades and here you go, like do whatever the hell you want with it. Um, the idea is you get for trading, the incentive is a call option on protector protocol and the ticker PRTC. Um, 
and the growth of the protocol, the growth of the marketplace czar, the growth of, um, you know, trading the uh, trading volume on PRTC as well, because one of the ways that XPRTC, which is the stake version of the token, accrues value is from the revenue of mm -hmm. protocol on liquidity, as well as the ETH capsule that Agnes briefly mentioned, and then also 50% of the trading fees on czar. We charge a 1% fee uh, for buyers. It's ba we basically just quote 1% higher. Um, and for sellers, we just take 1% of the proceeds. So it's 1% all around the table. There's no crazy hidden fees or gimmicks. Um, so it's, in other words, we take an incentive program and we bring it and kind of like show it in a very straightforward and transparent way. Um, so that's kind of like one incentive that we've rolled out for trading on Czar instead of just, hey, here's Telegram, enjoy it. We actually want people to feel like they get something out of it and actually are more profitable trading on Blur, on Czar, sorry, than they are on Blur or OpenSea or pretty much anywhere else. And that's basically the idea for us, why yeah. we felt it was, it's a start an incentive program for it. Well, I, look, I think like everybody does incentive programs, right? I think the, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, like really what matters to keep sticky user base is the, the quality of the product and like ease of use. Yeah. And, you know, we've had OpenSea, which is like nailed the like desktop, kind of big picture type of trading blur yeah. has done institutional trading made it more like bloomberg terminal and yep. maybe mm -hmm. now telegram is the next like frontier now that telegram bots are all popping off where like nft needs to move into into telegram trading so like i i think like you know the incentive the incentive programs work at these like nice marketing uh facility to like mm -hmm. bootstrap some users in but then yeah to keep them there you got to build a good product and that's the most important thing is like, how can you keep people coming back? How do you keep them sticky inside your, inside your system? Uh, because at the end of the day, I mean, like the, the token itself is, is just like, it's an extra cherry on top. Uh, yep. And if, if, if you're just making it where it's like the thing that people are farming for, then, you know, they just, they just mercenary it and then they're gone in six months, which is not what yeah. you want. You want them to stay around. No, no, you're hundred percent correct. I mean, for, first and foremost is wanting to try and provide a, you know, simple as possible, take the complexity out of everything. Cause you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure in the last few months, everyone's complained a lot about UX, you know, UI type of stuff, hardware wallets, everything that you mentioned before as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. Everything that we're doing is just trying to go for that. <laughs> so I would like to see um, just like a couple of things on the bot, right? So it'd be nice to have like a separate channel inside of Czar to be able mm -hmm. to like plug in collections that I like and uh and like favorites get, like, list right yeah like favorites list and get like updates when there's like a bigger than 10 percent move or like some some yeah. sort of volume spikes or something like separate mm -hmm. from the bot right like an actual channel that i can i can monitor so you can like drop in stuff uh yep. and then and then you know like when you have a event right you just have like a little button underneath it that says like like yeah, buy executed or, or execute. something yeah, yeah exactly right 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 we literally just went over with our team yesterday about implementing a, a notification system. So it's really hilarious that you mentioned that. Um, and it will be fully customizable that says like, like you mentioned, like say the price moves, say 10% or moves a hundred percent, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is, this allows you to then program, say a trade to happen uh, or an order, I'm sorry, to happen like automatically without you needing to be on the other side of it, executing it manually. Um, so a lot of really interesting things that can be done there. And like you said, through a separate channel as well. Um, a favorites list is, is definitely a new idea and something that we've already jotted, jotted down just now, as you said it. Um, so yeah, this is like really interesting feedback. That's that's why we opened up this private beta. We had like 70 users maybe, and I'd say maybe like 10 uh, gave like 
super valuable feedbacks. And then the rest kind of like just played with it a little bit. It wasn't too functional Chilled. because of Sepolia where it existed. Yeah. Um, but, but now that it's on mainnet, it's a very different story. I will say one thing, like you probably should start thinking about like other visual elements. So like this is, I just clicked on deposit here on the thing. Like this picture shouldn't come up. This should be a QR code that has my uh, yeah, the address. deposit address that I can just yeah, like, if I have a phone, I can, I can scan and send money to it in two seconds. Yeah, that's epic. That's yeah. really awesome feedback. Yeah. So uh, lots of stuff to build on. I think there's a, you know, the, these, this is just the beginning, right? Uh, but sure. uh, it looks great. So thank you guys for coming on. I uh, appreciate it. If you want to stay on and talk about some other news, uh, we have a few more things to talk about for today. Um, if not, then thanks for being here, guys. I uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you thanks so much, for, um, really. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and if everybody wants to go check it out, you can go to uh, protectoritexyz.eth and, uh, or sorry, protectorit.xyz. And uh, that's where all the information is. And we'll have links in the show notes as well, too, where you can go check out Protectorit. Appreciate yeah, thank it, you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, well, let's move on to other news. We have some other interesting things that happened today. Uh, Ripple has backed out of the Fortress Trust acquisition, which we had talked about a couple of days back. Uh, Fortress Trust notably was the custodian for Swan Bitcoin. And there was a lot of, uh, how do you say this German word? It's like Schoffenfreude. There's a lot of like I think it's like Shodan fraud or something. Shodan like fraud, yeah, exactly. A lot of Shodan fraud when when it was found out that uh, uh, Swan's custodian was potentially going to be bought by Ripple, which Swan had derided publicly for years, and so now Ripple's canceling those plans to buy For Fortress Trust. Uh, this came after a public disclosure that Fortress had lost $15 million to a third-party exploit, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and then we, we just had another story here. So Epic Games has announced that they're laying off 837 staff, citing unrealistic metaverse ambitions. I don't know if they actually believe this, because sometimes they just need to lay people off, and we're in kind of like a... a yeah. Like, bad economy as well too <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a it's a it's a convenient time to be reminded of the world ah metaverse yeah we promise stuff about metaverse let's uh... yeah exactly so they're like re reducing costs moving to like i don't even know what net zero hiring is like interesting net zero hiring <laughs> but like yeah. you, you're not allowed to like fart in the <laughs> offices anymore no emissions no no, no like no personal emissions not guys. sustainable it's not sustainable <laughs> not sustainable yeah <laughs> uh and so they're cutting down marketing events uh but they're still running short they're not making any money and so they are slowing down where's the stuff about the metaverse ambitions by the way, uh, Omnia, how, how do you see this whole uh, narrative? I wanted to ask you even uh, before, how do you see this? What kind of new narratives do you think actually are going to push NFTs? Like, for example, I really think gaming uh, is the one with the, probably the most uh, potential in the, like, the next uh, few years. Like, uh, yeah. Are there any, uh, like, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, as far as narratives are concerned, gaming by far is like one of the most, I guess you could say tangible ones, specifically because like obviously so many people game. But I think like one thing that's uh, a, a really key, I guess you could say first principles thought is like, um, here's the best way to put this. NFTs are by far like much simpler to grasp than anything token related, like fungible token related or anything DeFi related. And like, this has been something that I've been thinking about for quite a, quite some time now because prior, prior to like what we do now at Protect Labs, I worked at a, a boutique crypto hedge fund uh, doing like analysis and research. Um, and for a while it was just very, it was difficult because I don't come from a, like a crazy finance background. So I was like, okay, there's a learning curve here because you have to understand DeFi as a whole. And then once you understand DeFi as a whole and then you graduate to Ponzinomics, uh, and token related stuff like launching a token and all this other related stuff like it's it's basically a mess with nfts it's extremely straightforward it's either tokenizing ip or just using a game asset and you don't know it's an nft but you could sell it immediately and verify ownership it's extremely simple to grasp and i think just from that alone uh you can see why so many people from that are outside of the crypto space have been able to gradually make their way in um and do so with haste as opposed to like DeFi. it's like Everyone refers to it as like this eureka moment. It's like, oh my God, I understood that you could do this with money. You could do that with money. It's like a red pill, you know? Um, whereas NFTs, it's not necessarily that. It's like you continue on with normal life. It's, it's almost like the blue pill with like red pill ingredients, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it make, you are still living your normal life. You're still doing your normal thing. If you're a gamer, you still game. If you're on Instagram, you're still on Instagram. If you're on Twitter or X now, you're still there, right? Like, Except the things you, the way that you interact with it changes a lot. With, with your in-game assets, maybe you could sell like a skin for a gun in Halo, if that ever exists sometime in the future. Imagine being able to trade or sell access to like a Warzone account on Call of Duty or sell your account for, uh, you know, like Fortnite or something like that, you know, and, and allow people to tap into everything that you built up, right? Like that's been, that's existed for quite some time. People saw RuneScape accounts a while ago, right? So, yeah, um, I think... Imagine like tokenized accounts and stuff like that. Like, there's every single thing that we can imagine right now, whether it's uh, ownership of like regular items. And a lot of people are calling this as, like RWAs um, to even like, you know, traditional financial instruments can be tokenized and represented as NFTs. We're talking with a number of teams that are doing it. Um, and the space that you could say we originate from like being NFT finance, you have everything from tokenizing watches to tokenizing debt on chain, uh, all represented as NFT. So it's like, there's so many narratives. So I don't know if I, I answered the question or I dodged it and just created a different <laughs> category here. But the point is like, there's a lot of things that, that go into why I think NFTs are a much simpler pill to, to swallow for a lot of people, as opposed to like, welcome to DeFi. There's something called a rug and also a smart contract. You need a wallet. So interact with this wallet. Yada, yada, yada. You know, so <laughs> here's, here's what I think I could be the next meta. And I, I might be wrong here. So let's think about it. A Telegram RPG game that's text-based or like even picture-based, whatever, mm. doesn't matter, uh, built on like base or some hyper-performant L2 where fees are super mm. cheap that people can play and fully fund with like ETH and then collect, I don't know, different types of items. But it all happens inside of Telegram. There's an entire trading market for it. 
and you could build in like huge story elements where it's almost like those like choose your own adventure stories which i don't yeah. i don't understand why people haven't done those in telegram yet like remember those <laughs> books that you would like open up as a kid and like you would just go to like start on page two and then you go to page 73 and then you go to like like page 48 and so you're like bouncing around in all these different outcomes of the choose yeah. your own adventure stories uh, but you could like build in NFT collection or some sort of like mystery game or, or puzzles yeah. or something inside of it. And that probably be a really fun game. I think people would probably play that and maybe that would be a hit and you could build it on an L2 as well, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the reality is I think what's coming for NFTs like so few understand. And I think that this is like a 2018, 2019 moment uh, for like fungible tokens, but not for NFTs mm -hmm. uh, where everyone's claiming it's dead uh board apes are no longer worth a million dollars or like 100 <laughs> plus e so everyone's like oh what the fuck you know like this is over um so anyway uh, for people that really understand this is obviously like a you know this is a temporary place to be in but the i guess you could say the most exciting part about what like where we're at now uh, from a market perspective is that again if people haven't left yet it's it exists um, and not just that, it's actually thrived. I mean, if you guys haven't by any chance taken a look or been, or, or been, gotten familiarized with like the NFT finance ecosystem, things have changed so much. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, with uh, Blend on Blur, like that was inspired by everything that's happened with NFT finance, right? Like you have an insane amount of P2P marketplaces where you could take a loan out against your NFT. Mm -hmm. You have the same with P2Pool marketplaces. You even have hybrid marketplaces that are, offer P2P and P2Pool solutions. Um, there's derivatives now for NFTs. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine what the hell would have happened if derivatives, even something as simple as like basic options or perps existed for NFTs in 2021 or 2022? I mean, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Like we, we would be in a very different place. And um, I think NFT volume in general or TVL across these protocols would have actually overtaken those of, of DeFi because people would have, you know, literally like sold a kidney to onboard funds to <laughs> NFTs, you know, yeah. like, because that was happening with DeFi and with like the meme coin, I mean, not just meme coins, but like with like the shit coinery craze, you know, like this new Yuzu farm on uh, near chain or <laughs> yeah exactly. you know like, like well maybe we'll see it in the next cycle i mean maybe we will uh now that we yeah, have all the yeah. infrastructure built so exactly exactly money has to flow back uh, in though exactly yep yep so yeah uh, anyway, well, I, I feel like uh it's, it's been a nice you know conversation overall. yeah definitely um, it was great to have you on and to talk about protector product protocol uh d5 advisor thanks for being here as well too and, thank you uh, good job yeah, thank you guys, really. We will be back. We'll on... keep you guys updated. Yeah, thank you. We'll, we'll have to have you back on once uh, the, the a few more product updates. Um, we will be back on Monday with Garrett, who's actually flying back to his house on the West Coast now. And nice. uh, we have some great guests lined up for next week. But until then, go out and touch grass. I won't be because it's... <laughs> There's a biblical flood happening in New York City. Oh, yeah? Right yeah. Really? Yeah, let's check this out. Here, I'm going to pull up. I'll pull up uh, Twitter. I was just, I went on Twitter. I got a uh, emergency Didn't alert. Did Pomp post something about uh, like there being like a flood in the streets or something? Yeah, Brooklyn, the... Brooklyn's like totally flooded. Let me pull oh, this from the video, it looks uh, normal. Like uh, I couldn't see or hear anything. Yeah, wow. I, I'm up on the 
Oh, man. <laughs> good. Yeah, so, good luck, man. Yeah. So some heavy flooding in Williamsburg at the moment. Uh, here's the uh, Queen's Expressway. It looks wow. like it's totally underwater. So Man, you told me it was rainy, but uh, I didn't expect this. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad today. I don't even know if maybe Garrett's plane actually got delayed. We'll see because this is pretty bad. Yeah, man, this is a, is this Venice or like uh, well, yeah, Venice, living? like downtown oh Venice, Italy. I mean, yeah. Uh, wow, look at that. So somebody's probably not taking the subway. <laughs> All right, we'll be back on Monday. Have a good time. Get a raincoat. An umbrella. We'll see you then. Yeah, Bye, sick. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Goodbye, folks.